Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Right now on 790 The Ticket, Adam Cooperstein, Romberg, Amber with you until 9 o'clock. We're going to talk to somebody who's led an interesting life. And I'm, I'm really, I, this book fascinates me. Michelle Green <laughs> is the mother of Brian McKinney. And the book is called, entitled, An NFL Mom's Story of the Pitfalls of Money and Power. And we're going to talk to Michelle about that. Michelle, thanks so much. Shelly, uh, Brett uh, tells me that, that you guys went by Shelly. You call her Shelly. Yeah. Call you Shelly? <laughs> yes, Brett. Tim <laughs> <laughs> and Saki were the only two that called me that. But yes. <laughs> Mama McKinney. I mean, yeah, we'll go Shelly. I like Shelly. Yeah, that you were. Good. You would come down to the house all the time when Brian was living with Jeremy, and and then you had Kellen that slept I, on I the couch that game. one summer. Yeah, I remember. You McKinney lived with Shocky. He lived. He lived with Shocky. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, oh it was uh, Kyle Cobia, oh uh, Jeremy yeah. Shocky, and Brian McKinney. At one point in time, they were renting Coach Solinger, the running back coach's house. Yes. What a house! Yes. And then Kellen came in and and, and lived there yes. one summer and went spent three hundred fifty bucks on porn for Direct TV. <laughs> Dirty ass. Yes, he did. Michelle, how did you keep? I mean, how did you keep that in line? Like, what? That must have been insane. His experience in college. Wow. Like, you know, um, yeah, I was very, very active. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Brett, but I actually, um, at one point when he was in college, that was my time, and I went and I worked out. And when I tell you, I was a diehard. I got a um, personal trainer, and I started running. I was running every morning before I went to work, and then I would work. I was doing two a days like the guys. So one day, um, Brian asked Coach Wizzy to come um, work out. So they were like, oh, yeah, but she's not going to make it. So I'm going to run on the treadmill. I always do a warm-up. I always run three miles before I start my workout. So they were like, she's still running. And then I actually worked out with the guys, and they was like, uh-uh. She is not going to. I remember Jared was like, she's not going to outdo me. Vernon. Brian was like, she is not going to outdo me. Oh, yeah. Shelly, I did Fat Vern. I remember that. Yeah. Hell, yeah. <laughs> I used to work out with them. Yeah, I was down there. I was down. That was my life. You know, football was my life um, back then. And I remember going and up so and, and when we would go play Rutgers, too. And then you had that whole nice setup for us. I'll never forget. Yes. You had them nice Philly cheesesteak sandwiches for us. Yes. You came on the bus like you owned the team. I loved it. Told the bus driver, okay. no, you sit down a little bit. We cooked at every um, away game. We were at, at the third. We would leave at third quarter. We have deep fryers out there, and have the chicken, the whole set up. Yes, we did that. Um, his um, senior uh, year. Yeah, um, I remember. Do all the games. <clears throat> Loved it. So, Michelle, in this book, you write that the, this is the part that I find so fascinating. You have to be a little vulnerable here to, to put out this stuff. And you're saying you became entitled. You went from humbled to entitled, started living in a world yeah. of make-believe. Uh, give, give me a sense of what that means. What happened? Well, I got, I think I got caught up in that lifestyle. We came, I always say we came from Mayberry, USA. We came from a small little town um, where everybody knew everybody. Um while well, I'm at work, somebody would watch the house. They'd be like, oh, Shelly, Brian had people over the house. He's one of those type of um, neighborhoods where they would tell on them and stuff. And so, you know, you go from that, <clears throat> and then we go to, um, uh, to when I tell you, 
sitting courtside, at, and he, he once said, we was at a game, a heat game. He was like, how do you get better seats than I do? Because the people I know. I mean, when I tell you the people I'm hanging out with, you know, like the Jay-Z's and the Beyonce's, I'm out dinner with these people. Like, really? Yeah. And so you go from, like I'm saying, somebody from, you know, working two or three jobs to living that lifestyle, you get caught up. And I got caught up in it. Shelly, you got to tell everybody how much of a fairy tale that NFL world is. And, and being having a, a player and a son like Bryant, who's a monster of a human being, like six foot nine, he's, he's one of the, the greatest tackles to come out of university, period. Uh, highly recruited, doubted. I think he was the seventh pick, if I can remember correctly, for the yeah, Vikings, making buku <laughs> right. money and, and, and obviously involved in the music world as well. And, and we all know one of his best friends down here is Serena Williams as well, and the Williams sisters. Right. And, you know, she's hanging out with Beyonce and Big Mac is throwing parties with like 40 or 50 people walking in the club when you got poor Dante Culpep not even able to pay 50 bucks a head to get his boys in the club like I've seen that lifestyle and and I and I've been a part of it and sometimes I've even hung on Bryant's coattails once in a while the amount of, of fairy tale living that goes on in that world you got to explain that it is crazy because all of a sudden everybody's your best friend and so um you now are, um, you don't have to pay for anything. <clears throat> you just, I, this is what I used to say. I'm with him. If I'm parking on South Beach, right, I'm like, we were, me, and, this is no lie, me and another uh, mom, we were like, we're with him. Because otherwise, we have to park who knows where. But we always kept saying we're with him. But I always try to keep an eye out, though. I always try to keep an eye out to make sure who was who and what was what. Because, they know how I am down there in Miami. This is what somebody said to me. When you come around, you know people scatter because I, they know I'm a no-nonsense mom when it comes to him. Yeah, I don't play that because, A, I was a young, I was a young mom. I looked younger than what I was because when he got to the Vikings, one of his teammates tried to talk to me. Uh-oh. I was like, yo. Uh-oh. Do you hey. know who my son is? <laughs> I need a name. That, could, that, a that name. could have been a Who locker room disaster if somebody got a hold of Brian McKinney's mom. That could have been a locker room. The statute, the statute of limitations is run. You can tell us who yeah, it was. Yeah, you can go now. No, still can't do it. Oh, okay. come on. There's a lot of things I can't say right now. I, okay? uh, to I bet. I bet. What are they, is there some of them in the book, though? Randy Moss, huh? Wow. I didn't, I didn't mention any name. <laughs> Your book is titled An NFL Mom's Story of the Pitfalls of Money and Power. As I'm listening to you tell these stories, Michelle, it's striking me how involved you were in Brian's whole life. And what do these guys do in that world who don't have their mothers around? Because it seems like that's probably pretty unusual, right? How, how involved you were able to be? Well, I think I was involved because, like I said, I was a young mom. I hung out with them. Like, I literally was going out with them. And um, so I got to see what was going on and, and, and who was who. But I think was, my point was, at one time, Brian tried to check me, like, um, you really don't need this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I can get whatever I want. See, the table started changing because, A, I, he, he retired me. So, and, of course, I had an allowance. But I felt like if I wanted something, I, it was a title because I worked two or three jobs up until even when he was in the league, because I said, just to make sure that you really like this, and you know this NFL thing, this, what you can make step into, I'm not quitting my job, and then I got to go back and find a job. No. So I stayed in it for a while. 
um, and, you know, worked my little, I quit one job, so I was only working the, the second job now. And then I realized, I was like, hey, he's in it to win it. So then that's when I, he was like, mom, you ain't got to work no more. But um, what I went through, seeing that um, the tide shifted, see, he depended on me. I had to depend on him. He was my, my source. He was my income now. See, I got paid. You know what I mean? He paid me to do, you know, take care of the bills or whatever. And I felt like if I wanted more, but then it got to the point where he was side-eyeing me because I wanted a new truck. I was like, why do you want a new truck? Because I, I want it. You know, and I was like, I don't need him anymore. <laughs> so I just said, you know what, I was sick and tired. Not sick and tired, but it got to the point where I didn't feel like I needed to answer to him. He was not my boss. I'm my own boss. And I was like, enough of living under his, you know, his rules and regulations and living under him. Let me get my life. So that's what I um, said. You know what? I'm tired of because how are you a millionaire and not happy? That that was that was another thing too. I was not happy. <clears throat> Shelly, I who's had the, everything I could want, but not happy. Who is the? That's because I wasn't my own person. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So how did you become your own so, person? Because I know in this book you you give advice. I know this book is good for anybody who's lost focus of what's really important you know right. and you say that if, if you've lost focus of what's important you need this book so how did you how did you find that focus and how did you get back to yourself well what i did was i stopped depending on him and i decided i said i need to get my life back i, I know what i can do i know what i'm capable of doing so and see another thing i got caught up because i got caught up in that lifestyle i got caught up in a lot of um debt because I was buying everything. That's because of unhappiness. So I started just shopping, 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 shopping. Now I did. I did put away. They, my moms always say, you always make sure you put some money away for yourself. You know what I mean? Just for a rainy day, because you never know what's going to happen. Which I did. Which I'm glad I did, <laughs> because I still, you know, I can. I'm living off, you know, my savings um, now. But at the moment when I, I, I didn't want to go to him for money anymore because I felt like. Um, he was a father. I was a kid. I just did not like that. That was not me. I've worked all my life. I supported myself. So I said, it is time for me to get my life back. I stopped going to him, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying, as the father, because that's what I was looking to do him as my father. Now, I am a single parent, so and, and that's what I was doing. I was like, no, this is not right. Something's wrong with this picture. So when I decided to um, break away from him and started trying to lead my own life independent of him, because I would have to do that anyhow if he got married. So I said, let me just start being independent now and start doing what I do. I sold my house. I downsized, you know, from a big four-bedroom home to a, a, a townhouse. So I, I started doing making sensible choices. I started doing things that uh, – and now, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm in a good space right now. I'm happy and I'm enjoying life because I'm on my own. I don't depend on him now like I used to. Shelly, what, what, what do you miss most about this lifestyle? Right now, nothing, to tell you the truth. I'm good. Mm-mm. That's good. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm going to tell you what I miss. I miss traveling. I did travel a lot. When I tell you one week, I would, say we're in a game in, in Minnesota, um, this is my birthday week. I might be in Vegas for four days. And then, I'll, and then like that Friday, I'll fly to um, Miami because we got a game. I do miss the travel. I do miss that. But um, I just get, I had to get a hold of myself because it's easy to fall into that pattern. And then what happens, too, is your friends 
are not living that lifestyle you're living, so you end up paying for everything. You know what I'm saying? Because they can't afford it or they don't want to they don't want to pay for it because they know you got them. So I had to go through all that. I had to learn to you were my friends before, but how come all of a sudden now you have no money? What, what's, what's going on? What, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. So I had to learn to stop caring what people think about me, you know, stop caring to picking the world on my shoulder by myself. And there's a lot of things I had to give up. So those friends now, bye. You know, you had money before. We hung out together. All of a sudden now nobody has money but me. Michelle? You know, when I worked two jobs, nobody gave me anything. Michelle Green, Brian McKinney's mom, the new book entitled The NFL Mom Stories of the Pitfalls <laughs> and Money and Power. We got to run, Shelly, but on the way out, we're dying to know. Because Bryant, 6'8", 360, grown man. Well, how big was he as a baby? When he came out, how big was Bryant? Five, I mean, eight, five. That's it? Oh, it's so normal. <laughs> oh, we were expecting a 12-pound baby. But you know what? He was like 23 inches long, though. Oh. Okay, let me tell you this real quick. He was drinking, um, when he came up in the hospital, 12 ounces of milk. So what does that tell you? <laughs> what? Oh, my God. 12 ounces? Oh, my Just so people know, I've got a, th- just to put it in perspective, I've got a three-month-old who drinks six a three-month-old. So you're telling me at birth. As a newborn. At birth, 12 ounces. At a newborn, he was drinking eight ounces the second day. Hello? Oh, my God. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you knew what <laughs> you were getting. Hungry. You knew what you had on your hands. Shelly, we appreciate yeah. the time. Good luck with the book. Thank you Thanks, so much. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.